What's going on, Russell Geeks? Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Announcers Table pre-SummerSlam week. It's going to be a great week. We have a great show for you today. With me, as always, the man behind Shane's po- Shane's life is a fantasy draft. The Canadian screw job himself, Hertz Gewurz. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing tonight? I hope they hope they're all doing good. And back by popular demand, he is the leader or one of the leaders of the Artist Club. He is the creator of Nerds of the Round, and he is the co-owner of Geeks Unlimited. And he's the, also the guy who sabotaged my video cast of the announcer's table as Terraface. Ladies and gentlemen, Sebastian Bonet. I'm really popular? Am I really popular? Really? Aww. I don't know. You love me. You really you're, love you're me. The most, you're the most popular person on this show. <laughs> well, it's hard enough just to get a third person on this show because <laughs> so many scheduling conflicts. It's just ridiculous. You, you, you got that, what was it, that, that Virgil syndrome. Someone keeps disappearing. <laughs> yeah, 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 you get it. So let's go on with the show, guys. The first thing I want to discuss a few weeks back, um, we got a major announcement from Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H um, that we're f- going to be having an all-women's pay-per-view in October, uh, which is titled Evolution. And I don't want to go into too much detail for this because I plan on covering this entire thing on a special edition of the podcast with another third person, which is going to be VMAC. You guys remember her. She helped us do the Greatest Warrior Rumble podcast. So... Just real quick, guys, what were your thoughts, really quick, on Evolution? Hertz, you go first. Sure. Um, sure. Um, so it's a, it's a real exciting time, right? Uh, there are more highly talented women's wrestlers than we've ever had, and I think they're doing a good job of setting up storylines for it. It's one of those things where I worry that they announced it too far in advance because what we have now is we have, you know, we just saw, uh, you know, on Tuesday night, uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch getting into it with Carmella and, you know, Charlotte Flair calling Becky Lynch a diva, obviously hearkening back to when we had the divas division. And, you know, if we want to set up like a sort of, you know, divas versus wrestlers thing, that's fine. But, these storylines are going to get stale in two months. But overall, it's a great idea. It's something that should have been done already, and I'm glad they're going to do it. And I'm excited for it. I just worry. I just never trust WWE to execute their their very good ideas very well. Well, the only thing I'm worried about is the fact that you said Charlotte called Becky a diva when it was actually Carmella. But, you know, we're not going to discuss that. Uh, (laughs) So, Mr. Bonet, Sebastian, Mr. Artist Club member... Yo, what do you think? Um, I think it's about time. I mean, if you look at women's wrestling today, it's they've really stepped away from what used to be known as the Divas Division, which was the bathroom break matches. Um, as far as it goes, when they th- got rid of the Divas title and flipped it more for the women's title, you knew that they were really trying to really push hard with this product. It took them a while to build it, but now we're at the point where we've had um, a lot of first. And then last year was, um, you know, how they're going to top the first women's Royal Rumble, an all-women's pay-per-view. So it is only a matter of time before we probably get an all-women's show now. 
Um, so I could see it growing even more. I mean, again, women in wrestling is a lot different from what it was back then. Like, even now, even on the independents, you have now intergender matches that are becoming very popular and women holding their own. Um, and you got a lot of independent women that WWE can't snatch up and they have a deep pocket. And that's not, a, and I mean, right now they have a deep pocket as it is in the women's division. From going down all the way to NXT, to what they have, who they have on SmackDown, Raw, I mean, literally they could make their own little female, women's federation separate from what they're doing right now. I, I, I totally agree with you. And not only do they have Raw, SmackDown, but we're getting the second annual Mae Young Classic. Yet again, 32 very talented women from all over the world. I'm looking forward uh, to the Mae Young Classic. I saw the first inaugural one. It was great. We got a few uh, superstars out of there that are down in NXT at the moment, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But like I said, guys, I don't want to go into too much detail I just on gotta, Evolve in a women's pay-per-view. I got to add one, one thing about that. Madison Rain, if I heard correct, who was um, a top talent in TNA, is supposed to be in that tournament, and I would not be surprised if she gets snatched up because of that tournament. Um, Madison she just is. might. She she's, just one of, she's one of the uh, more talented women's wrestlers that they had in TNA. Yeah. I remember, you know, like that was watching TNA. You could tell there were there were like five or six wrestlers, you know, back in about five or ten years ago. There were like five or six who were really good. They're all in WWE by now. I'm, I'm surprised Madison Reigns hasn't made it over yet. <laughs> well, I mean, TNA originally, they had the women's division before WWE. And the yeah. problem was that they, I, I, I think it was that whole like, okay, we're bringing in all this talent with the whole Hogan era and all that, and the women just got lost in the shuffle in some way. But they did have a women's division before WWE, and I really hope that they give her a shot and bring her in because I feel like she can also bring more depth to, to, that, to that already stacked roster. Yeah, I mean, WWE has a, a, a ridiculously stacked roster um, when it comes to the women's division. Um, but like I said, down at NXT, we got Kyrie Sane, we got Bianca Belair, who's who's caught my attention since the Mae Young Classic. I definitely see her winning the NXT Women's Championship pretty soon. Um, Nikki Cross, who I, I believe is going back and forth. She hasn't made her debut yet on SmackDown, and when she does, hopefully they put her with Sanity, where she belongs. Um, who else do we got? Oh, man, Shayna Baszler. Um, you got the two other horsewomen out of the four horsewomen, which is uh, Marina Shafir and Jesse Main Duke. I mean, even NXT is stacked with women. Um, like I said, it's 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 going to be a great few years for WWE when it comes to the women's division. Now moving forward, I want to discuss Raw and SmackDown. Gavertz and I, we we've basically boycotted doing podcasts every week. Because the product has been so horrible. Mm -hmm. But I got to give it up to WWE. They have been doing better week by week. And honestly, SmackDown continues to be the better show. If you guys think I'm wrong, you guys can stop me right now. Well, I can answer because um, I feel like you don't have a big champion that can represent Raw every week. Because not nothing against Brock Lesnar. I mean, the guys on SmackDown work harder. And they ha and not to take away from the guys on Raw, because you know wrestling is a tough sport. It's it's tough, but I feel like because they have a part-time champion, 
in the terms of Brock, who is a, I feel, one of those wrestlers who is like an attraction, they, it just waters down their championship. So it's like, okay, eh, they don't really have anybody who's there where you have AJ Styles, you have Shinsuke Nakamura, you have, and AJ is, um, I, th- I think, one of the bigger faces in WWE since he's blew up on the scene. It's like always been one of my favorites, and I'm just so happy for what's going on with, with his career right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the mid-card and the tag team divisions, right? There's not, because there's no main champion on Raw, uh, you know, you have the mid-card guys, your your Dolph Ziggler and, and, and Seth Rollins trying to carry the entire show, and they're not focusing enough on the tag team division, so there's really nothing left in the middle of your three-hour show. So you have SmackDown, on the other hand, where you have the main champion, you have the mid-card champion, and you have the much better tag team division, and you only have to fill two hours. So the show, like, you know, they, they, they've, they've fixed the formula, right? They, they've made the better show. I feel like with, I like that you brought up um, um, Dolph Ziggler. I feel that what we need is um, maybe Ziggler and Drew McIntyre because I love the repackaged Drew McIntyre. Ever since he came back to WWE, he's just been freaking phenomenal. Um, and he's just a beast. And I would love to see them carry the tag team division and actually just destroy the Raw tag team division and be like a modern day, like Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels, but just better. Like, they, they it's their flavor. It's them. You know, it's Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, and they're just destroying people. I mean, I like that idea, but the only issue I have with that is that you have AOP, which are finally getting used. This is something that me and Gavrich used to joke about, is that we never saw AOP ever since they made their debut on the main roster. So now AOP is starting to make some noise. The Revival is finally starting to get a push. Um, You know, hopefully Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy separate because, I mean, they were good as a tag team in the beginning, but now it's just starting to get stale. They need to separate them. Um... But as far as Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler becoming a tag team and running away with the division, I don't see that happening because, like I said, if I see any team that's going to run away with the division, it's either going to be the Revival or it's going to be AOP. It's going to be well, one of those two teams that well, can definitely run away with the tag team division. Well, I'm not going to take away from those two. Those those two teams were running um, roughshod, definitely, in NXT when they were there. But can you imagine... I mean, remember back in the day, it was always like you had three top-tier teams and um, at sometimes four in the WWE always vying for the title. So bringing up Authors of Pain and The Revival, can you imagine seeing matches between them, um, throwing Drew McIntyre and um, Dolph Ziggler in the mix? I feel like you could really pull some great storylines. And throwing Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, he's one of those guys that you can go to in any of his matches, he always can make the other guy just look so good and look great at the same time, which is a rare talent, which goes all the way back to like what Ric Flair used to do. Ric Flair, even though he was a top heel, he took a lot of bumps. He was always getting beaten up in the ring. He made the other guy look good. So can you imagine the storyline and the matches that you can get if you put all three of those teams together? No, it would be yeah. great, and it would look a lot like it would look a lot like what you have over in SmackDown with the Bar, the Bludgeon Brothers, the Usos, and the New Day, right? Like those. And sanity. And sanity. 
exactly. It, it, and it's stacked. It's yeah. They, yeah, that that SmackDown tag division is stacked, and they can do that with the Raw division. You just need to put the the Universal Championship on someone who's going to be there every week. Like they need to finally please pull the trigger on either Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns winning the championship at SummerSlam. I know we'll get to our <laughs> predictions later, but like you need to get the belt off of Brock Lesnar now so that you could do something like you're, like what Sebastian's suggesting here and have Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre be in the tag division instead of, you know, Dolph Ziggler being one of the two top guys on the show. Yeah, yeah cuz um I I, I I I totally agree. Um and that's something that we've been discussing for like the past year since we've been doing this podcast is that Raw's tag team division has been very weak, very lacking of teams. You know, now that they have AOP, now that they have the Revival and you know, I think the Revival weren't there on SmackDown that first and they no, came over? No, they they or, did no, it on no, Raw. No, they, they just he, they just got injured. So, yeah, so that's what it was. The, the, you know, you get rid of the bar, you bring him over to SmackDown, which opens up the door for the revival. Um, you know, and then, like I said, if, if they can get this, ta- if, if Raw can get this tag team division to work, I think Raw would have a, a, a better show than SmackDown. But for right now, my top show is SmackDown. Not for the fact that it's an hour shorter, just for the fact that the storylines are better. The storylines seem a little bit more personal, and they have a great tag team division. They, I think they have probably one of the better women's division. Because yet again, we have Ronda Rousey and Raw. We don't know if she's going to be a part-time champion like Brock Lesnar was, or she's going to be a full-time champion. That's she, something we don't know yet. She already says she's full-time committed, um, which is already shown on her appearances. And again, this is nothing against Brock, because you know he makes his money, he does his do, he's, he's an attraction. But I, with Rousey, I feel that from her debut, she's actually lived up to what she says and, and continues to do more. And I think that she is the Ken Shamrock of the females division. Because remember, Ken Shamrock, he was an MMA fighter that came into WWE, and he didn't have a part-time schedule. And I mean, I don't think there was any way to afford a part-time schedule at the time. She's been full-time committed um, into, you know, her schedule and... She's already. I feel like she's lived up to her word. I don't think she would be a part-time champion like Brock. Okay, I I, I can go with that. But like, like I said, you know, things change. There's always rumors. Like I said, coming to SmackDown. Like I said, to me, their storylines are more personal, and I'm gonna get into that right now. So one of the most personal storylines that we currently have is Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, which is gonna happen at SummerSlam. And I like the way WWE is packaging this uh, wrestling match. Talking about how it's eight years in the making, which is kind of true because The Miz and Daniel Bryan met back in NXT when NXT was just like this retarded ass show. And. Yeah, The you Miz know, was the his Miz mentor. Had, yeah. yeah, The Miz was his mentor. Which, and then, you know, Daniel Bryan was fired at one point. He didn't make the show. He didn't. So, eight years in the making. I like what WWE's doing with this. I like the fact that. At one point, the Miz came out holding the baby, and it was just a baby doll. He beat the living <laughs> hell out of Daniel Bryan. Some people thought it was stupid. I thought it was hilarious. It was great, it, and it's and it, and it and it fits the Miz perfectly. Like it fits his persona perfectly. The Miz is a classic heel. He he's the guy that you just love to hate him. You love all his work. You want to see him work, and you're right. It's been years, 
in the making for this match because even the Miz, as a tribute to Daniel Bryan, he used to do the Daniel Bryan kicks when Daniel Bryan couldn't wrestle anymore. Like there is a mutual respect between those two, definitely. And to see them tear down the house, I mean, first of all, let's talk about the history of the Miz. He was a guy that everybody used to pick on because he was a reality star, and he's just become one of the best wrestlers today. Been, and he, yeah. yeah, he's a future Hall of Famer. Oh, and then absolutely. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, I feel, was one of those guys that picked up the torch after CM Punk left. And again, nothing against Punk. We all know what happened with that. But Daniel Bryan, in a way, was that independent guy that really opened the door. CM Punk opened the door um, in many ways in one. But I feel like the real door was open with Daniel Bryan because he took everything, too, and he ran with it. So in a way, you can kind of see their careers have mirrored each other. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to tear the house down. I feel like it's going to be one of those classics that people talk about for years, like Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall with the ladder match that they had many years, moons ago, when Austin and The Rock. You're going to get that talk about Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Austin and Bret Hart. Remember that one? And and Shawn Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Like, this is going to be, this is absolutely, if, if, and I, I hate to, to be the guy here, but if WWE doesn't screw it up, right? Like, if, if they let this happen at SummerSlam and then don't do a rematch the next night on Raw or, uh, you know, on SmackDown. Don't do a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Like, just do it. Do it at SummerSlam. Maybe do it again at WrestleMania for a championship. Like, that's it. Don't give it, you know, don't, don't do it like Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles where we saw it every couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. But The Miz has been, he's had this, despite the fact that he's had this amazing Hall of Fame career, like he's told this story with Daniel Bryan for years. You know, like he has been having this inferiority complex where no matter how good he's doing, he makes sure to take a second out of every promo to put down Daniel Bryan, even when, you know, Bryan was retired and wasn't, you know, anywhere near The Miz. The Miz was on Raw and Daniel Bryan was on SmackDown. The Miz went out of his way to put down Daniel Bryan every chance he got. They have been telling this story for years, and it is, it's exceptional. And the way that they've done it is great. And it's one of those things where I feel like they just let the wrestlers do it. And they, these, this isn't one of those, you know, shoehorned in sort of uh, deals that you get from the writers. This is the Miz and Daniel Bryan telling the story, and th- and I think that's why it's so good. Oh, yeah, it's the, and, it's, and I think it's good. I think, sorry, Derek, but I think no, 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 it's great. And and I agree with Gewurz. Eight years in the making, let it all culminate at SummerSlam. Both wrestlers move on from it. I feel we can, um, in a way, get a good series from them because if you look at every great feud, there was always a great series of matches you've had um, that always led up to something. like. But they had breaks between those matches. Like They didn't have them wrestle each other's show you had the little bit of tax here the little bit of banter there but they weren't in wrestling matches they never put them together and that's why this feud feels so great because like Gervert said it's been years in the making that these guys have set that in there and it's <laughs> it, it, and a part of it again this is what wrestling used to be back in the day it was great storytelling it was always okay these wrestlers were feud then after a while they'll give them a break because they'll go on to another feud but then when they got back together and feuded again it's like okay we remember this feud we remember how it went i mean and even though it wasn't our face a lot 
The Edge and John Cena feud, for example, was another great feud too. But again, this has been years in the making. It's classic wrestling 101. And I, I just love the fact that they are using what they used to do, like back in the day, use real life drama. And that's it. They're, they're just, it's all there. It's literally sitting there eating popcorn. I can't agree more. Now, before I continue with another rivalry going on in SmackDown, I have to sit here and applaud Paul Heyman for that promo he did with Renee Young. That was that was really good. Classic Heyman. Classic Heyman. Everybody bought into it. I bought into it at one point. I want to discuss this promo because these are one of those promos that's just a rare gem. It's it's something you don't see all the time. And the fact that Paul Heyman was able to make himself cry and, and seem like he was the victim. And, I, you know, Gervertz and I, we always discuss about great promos, you know, who's always had the best promo. But like I said, Paul Heyman's in my top three. Even though he's not a wrestler, he's a manager. Managers are able to do promos. And like I said, if there was like an Oscar and Academy Award for wrestling, he would have gotten it for that night. Um, I feel like that I have to agree with Paul Heyman being he's always been a great guy on the mic, even when he was in his. I mean, I'm going to take it back because this is this is just my old screw wrestling uh, when he was Paul <laughs> E. Dangerously. And he used to be that manager when he had WCW and all that. I mean, he was always great with the mic and going in when he did ECW. He, that was one of the things being someone who was great on the mic. He recognized people's talents on the mic. So, you know. Just like Fine Wine, definitely his promos have gotten better. And again, I just love seeing Paul Heyman work. And even, even when he's off the mic, just him just being Paul Heyman, just love seeing Paul Heyman. <laughs> Absolutely. And I really hope if they do take the title off Brock Lesnar, if Brock Lesnar does move on to UFC or whatever, I hope they keep Paul Heyman around and, and let him manage some other wrestlers because he, really, he, he could really do a lot for a lot of the other wrestlers on the roster right now. Maybe maybe manage Ronda That'd be Rousey. Great. Manage Ronda Rousey. He could manage any any man anybody. Probably the authors of Pain. Drew McIntyre. Drew, Drew McIntyre for sure. Wait wait. I I got one for you. Can you imagine Paul Heyman coming out with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre? Can you imagine the stuff that you would get coming out the mic with all three yeah. of those guys together? Or or give him give him back to Whoa. Cesaro and have him have him manage the bar like the. There, the, there's a lot of guys who could use, you know, have a manage. You know what? Have a manage Roman Reigns, who isn't so great on the mic. Like, give him, give him to someone actually, who can use some help on the mic. Actually, that that would be dope. Like, <laughs> Roman Reigns finally makes the heel turn. Who comes out as his manager? Paul Heyman. I mean, it would be great, but rumor has it that Roman Reigns does not want to work with Paul Heyman, which I find, ugh, like boo. But. But, then this is a big but, I say have Paul Heyman start going around, I mean, and this is after Brock Lesnar, have Paul Heyman going around trying to recruit people, and, and, and let's get a stable back up and running. Like this, let, let's get back to the way the attitude that we had mm-hmm. stables, and he has, you know, like I said, he has Dolph Ziggler, and he has Drew McIntyre, he has Ronda Rousey for the women's division. Uh, he needs picks Bobby up, Lashley, because uh, Bobby Lashley can't talk. I can't listen to Bobby Lashley anymore. Yeah. Bobby Lashley I mean, it was great when he returned. 
not gonna lie, it was great when he returned, but now it's just getting talk. stale. And now we realize why he <laughs> left ten years ago. Well, he he he. <clears throat> Bobby Lashley is impressive in the ring, but like like Reverse said, he's just horrible with promotions. Because even in his tenure <laughs> in D- TNA, I mean, you want to know what it is, Bobby Lashley. Um, and Edge put it this way, and he said, "You gonna get no harm to Bobby Lashley, and this is not." He just has that really nice guy face, <laughs> so it's hard to take his, um, you know, when he's mad seriously. <laughs> I, I I have to agree, but yet again with this Heyman promo when he came out uh, Monday and told Roman Reigns, "Listen, I can be your guy, you know, the defending," and then he sprays Roman Reigns with pepper spray, and here comes Brock. I mean, I love the fact how they doing, they playing this storyline, like they're showing that. You know, Brock is scared of Roman Reigns. I mean, it's getting a little bit interesting. Um, Like I said, hopefully Brock drops the title. Or if Brock doesn't drop the title, Roman Reigns beats him bad enough to where Braun Strowman comes out. But then again, that would take away from Braun Strowman's character. Because basically, you built up Braun Strowman into this wrecking machine. That he doesn't need any help. That he can just do everything by himself. But, shout out to Paul Heyman for two promos on back-to-back weeks. That second promo saved Roman mm-hmm. Reigns in the ring. Yet again, John Cena said it best uh, last year when he told Roman Reigns, it took you five and a half years to cut a half-decent promo. And the reason why I'm doing this full-time is because you can't do it. The reason I'm doing this part-time is because you can't do it full-time. And I'm not a John Cena guy, but that line right there was just like, boom, mm-hmm. shot to the head. You should just read <laughs> You got to go. You, you 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 better hope Roman Reigns don't listen just because he finds you in a dark alley. We're gonna be like, what happened to B right? Oh, he got the Superman punch. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, moving forward to SmackDown again, another personal rivalry that just spawned out of nowhere, but it's gotten really personal, and it also has me intrigued. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. We all know that AJ Styles, Samoa Joe came up together in TNA. They've been friends. They've been through everything together. And then Samoa Joe, you know, as the heel that he is, attacks AJ Styles. Following week, cuts the perfect heel promo, telling him that, you know, his family's rooting for him to win, to take the title off of AJ. When when things get personal in the ring, when you start bringing a family and, and, and loved ones, I just find it more intriguing to watch that I want to keep watching it and, and see how things turn out. Absolutely. Well, we're, and we're, Samoa Joe is, is go ahead, so Samoa good. Joe. His promos are unbelievable, and for a guy his size to be as athletic as he is, like Samoa Joe, I think is one of one of the best wrestlers that we have in this promotion today. And you know the way that he's antagonizing AJ Styles, like he 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 comes into every rivalry that he has, and he brings something different every time. It's not like a Roman Reigns, you know, rivalry where it's I'm Roman Reigns and I'm the big dog and let's see who's next. And it's not like a John Cena, you know, I'm John Cena and I'm the best guy here and let's see what's coming next. No, for Samoa Joe, like he'll find something in every one of his opponents and he'll find something to push in every story (laughs) that's a little bit different than the last one. And it's, and it's like you said, it's personal to this one. And so it feels like every rivalry of Samoa Joe's career is the most important rivalry in his career. And that's what I think makes it so cool. <laughs> I'm just happy he's finally on the roster. You know how many people push for them to push WWE to finally recruit him? Um, and the fact is this, is that, like Gervert says, Samoa Joe brings everything. 
This guy, I remember in the X Division, he was a beast, undefeated in the X Division um, for a while. He had some phenomenal feuds with AJ Styles. So what they're going to bring to the table on SmackDown is just, again, the end their season right now. So imagine, this was when they were really still coming up through the um, independence, then they got their um, start on television really with TNA, and then, you know, now they've got their world experience now because they've been throughout, and I think it's Samoa Joe that holds a five-star match with Phil Meltzer too, I forget against who, I think it was against Punk or something like that, but um, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles is going to tear the house down, it kind of makes me sad because I wish there was, that we eventually would get that third element of Christopher Daniels, but we know he's not in WWE, but... (laughs) what I've seen these guys do and what they're going to do it's just I mean again we got it with AJ and Sinsuke now we're going to get it with AJ and I think AJ has really had a feud with almost everybody around the world that's on the roster today where they've had great matches now we're just seeing it on a bigger stage and again their mic skills and everything and Samoa Joe I'm, I'm just happy he's finally here <laughs> muscle buster <laughs> hey I, I, like I said, I'm a fan of, of Samoa Joe's. I've been a fan of him since he was in TNA. So, like yet again, this is another match I'm looking forward to. And like Gavert said, we're going to get into our SummerSlam predictions a little bit later on the show. Um, we got the firing of James Thank Ellsworth. God. Makes no sense because ever since, uh, what was it? What yeah. was that? Extreme Rules? We have yet, we have not seen Oscar. Um, I would have loved if Paige would have came out on Tuesday and added Oscar into the women's title match to make it a fatal four-way. To, to 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 spice things up, but apparently we're not gonna get that. You know, rumor has it that Oscar's not happy in the WWE I don't blame locker her. room. We, I mean, would you would you be happy? I don't like, blame look, her what, look what they've done to her over the last couple of months. Like this is terrible since since WrestleMania. Well, like I said, listen, like I said, her losing to Charlotte Flair, I had no issues with. You you build Charlotte Flair as the greatest, you know, she's the she's the most athletic woman on the roster. She's the toughest woman on the roster. You know, she said it herself, to be the woman, you gotta beat the woman. She's just like her dad. You wanna you know, you wanna be like her dad, you know, to beat the man, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta beat, beat the man. It's, it's the same way. It's, her losing to Carmella two times, that's the issue that I have. It's a, it's the Goldberg syndrome. It it sucks. I hate to say it. And this is the one thing I was afraid of if once Asuka lost her first match. I feel like um, the fact that they kept her undefeated for so long, I don't think they had any idea what to do with her after that. Because um, it's the same thing, like Kevin Nash said with Goldberg. When Goldberg got his first loss, WCW couldn't use the guy again. Because what what was Goldberg that whole time? He was built up to be this unstoppable machine. But now it's like with Asuka, I mean, and, um I, I I would dare say we need a females tag team division because maybe she could, you know, flourish in there. Or she does definitely need a title. They should have done a series of Asuka versus Charlotte Flair and have Asuka win um, the next match and get the title. You know, like have like close matches with them and build that feud. But it just fizzled out and they went with Carmella. I mean, and again, nothing against Carmella, but it's like I would dare say Asuka was the better, uh, is always going to be... Um, one of the top better characters or just move her to um, Raw and have a series of feuds with Ronda Rousey. I think think that's where where we need to be because Ember Moon is on Raw and Ember Moon came, I think, the closest to beating Asuka in NXT. So I think having... Because the way that, that Raw is building Ronda Rousey right now is 
nobody can beat Ronda Rousey, right? She was about to beat Nia Jax, and then you know, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase. So no one can beat Ronda Rousey. So what they need to do is they need to bring Asuka over to Raw and have you know the three people, three women at the top of Raw being Rousey, Asuka, and Ember Moon. Like that's those are three believable characters that you could see actually competing because the way that they've set up ronda rousey right now there's nobody else on the raw roster who you can say oh yeah that person could beat rousey straight up one-on-one there's nobody and the way that you do the smackdown women's division is you have carmella there who is sort of you know cheating and underhanding and you know she's going to get her comeuppance when charlotte finally resorts to that right so you have even though charlotte's an 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 amazing athlete you have her start to do because she's a flair you have her start to do the flair things and that's that's sort of how you play that division like you can't do that with asuka she's not going to do any underhanded anything so she's she's not yeah. made for that division not made for that division no yeah, yeah. and i and i i totally agree yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I was going to say, like, you know, you have Ronda Rousey dominating Raw, and then here comes Asuka, and it actually puts her down a peg and actually beats her. And, again, you have a series um, because, you know, this, again, could build even more to Ronda Rousey's character and even help with a heel turn for Ronda Rousey as well. I mean, these are just ideas. I mean, obviously, they're not going to go with that, but... Um, I always love seeing Asuka perform. I always love seeing her. And because hearing that she's a graphics designer, which I love, <laughs> no, I always love that fact. But that was the one thing I was afraid. The minute that she loses, what yeah, are they going to do with that? WWE has been terrible with that specific thing forever. Right? You know, Kozlov was excellent. He won a bunch of matches in a row, and then they didn't know what to do with him when he lost. Rusev sort of got lost for a while when he lost his first match. Even Braun Strowman got lost for a while after he lost. So, I, you know, like there's, they're very bad at knowing what to do with someone after they lose a match. Unless you're the Undertaker. <laughs> Just give it right back to him. <clears throat> yeah. So, guys, so the next thing I want to discuss, NXT and NXT TakeOver. I don't know if you guys have been watching NXT, but we've been getting... uh. We have a new NXT champion in Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> Tommaso, it's about time. And um, last week, we got a great, great storyline buildup. Now, at the end of NXT last week, we got Tommaso Ciampa, we got Aleister Black, and we got Johnny Gorgano in the ring all fighting each other. <clears throat> The great William Regal comes out, General Manager Regal, comes out, tells them we're going to have a triple threat at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn for the NXT title. The show goes off the air. What happens? Aleister Black gets attacked in the, uh, I guess, the, the patio area of Full Sail Arena. And now he's no longer in the match. Now, if you guys paid attention, there's a few key suspects in this and this is what I love about this right here because it makes it like I said this is something else that NXT is doing is making it feel old school as William Regal's leaving the building Johnny Gorgano's coming in once he gets outside the building Undisputed Everest trying to peel off and you know you got uh, Adam Cole telling the driver yo hurry up let's get out of here not only that you have uh, what is it heavy machinery (laughs) taking selfies (laughs) 
with Alistair Black on the ground. Then they have some more footage where you have Tommaso Ciampa, you have Kona Reeves, you have Ricochet, you have the Velveteen Dream, you have Shayna Baszler. You have all these superstars who were around the same area as well when all this happened. So what's going to happen when Alistair Black comes back? Because apparently they have this storyline going because he's injured. You know, he got injured at the last takeover. But what's going to happen? Like, who who are they going to pin this on? Is it going to be Johnny Gogano? Is it going to be Tommaso Ciampa? Is it going to be somebody outside? You guys remember back in the Attitude Era, you know, let's say Steve Austin. There was that story where Steve Austin got run over by a limo. They were blaming The Rock. They were blaming Vince McMahon. They were blaming Shane. They were bl- and then who ended, up turn- who ended up running down Steve Austin? Rikishi. Somebody you never knew <laughs> that, like, he never crossed your mind that he would do something like that. What, do, what are your guys' thoughts about how this storyline is going to build up in the future? There's I like her. Um, go ahead, Correct. I'll let you go with this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna formulate so, my thoughts. <laughs> I think it's not going to be Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano. I think those two are both going to wind up being called up to WWE to the main roster very soon and, and together, right? Like I don't think I think those two are going to continue their rivalry onto the main roster. So it's not going to be either of them. Um, my guess is it's going to be someone like, you know, uh, Ethan Carter or or the Velveteen Dream. Like, I I think it's going to be someone that, that they need to elevate to the next level. And Alistair Black is very good for that. Like he's 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 a very good sort of stepping stone for that. So I think I would like to see it be um, what's his face. Um, the great uh, Russell. What's his face? Who is it? The Velveteen. No, no, no. Um, I just lost my thought with that because you said Velveteen Dream and was one other person uh, you Carter, mentioned. EC3. I want it to be. He's EC3. really good. He was another one of those Only guys, you know, from TNA. Although he was holding it down even more recently in TNA. He's one of those guys who, you could tell watching him, like this is a really. He's way better than everyone that he's sharing the stage with. So he's going to be... He's not long for NXT. Like, he's on his way up to the main roster. Well, well, WWE dropped the ball with him before because, remember, he used to be as Eric Bateman on that old NXT formula that they used to do. And then they um, canned him, gave him his walking papers, um, went to TNA, became EC3, and just blew up from there. And WWE was like, wow, they dropped the ball with that guy. And then he became a free agent, snatched him up. And that's why I said, I will love it to be him. Because that's that Cinderella story of someone leaving that they dropped the ball with. He became popular. The fans knew what he was about. And I just want to see him come up and just blow up. And that's it. That's <laughs> again. Well, like, and, and, and like we said earlier, NXT right now has a stacked roster. And right now, I don't think, you know, usually they, they do call-ups after WrestleMania. They usually do call-ups after SummerSlam. I think this SummerSlam, they shouldn't do any call-ups because I feel anybody that they call up may be lost in the shuffle. Um, but that's just my opinion. But what I do want to discuss, guys, like I said, NXT TakeOver, your boy B-Ride will be there live. Your boy Sebastian will be there live at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. We got five great matches on the card first match i'm gonna discuss 
I want you guys to give me your predictions. How do you feel the match is going to turn out? EC3 versus the Velveteen Dream. So I think uh, EC3 is going to take this. Uh, they, these two are both, uh, they're both excellent workers. Uh, the Velveteen Dream, I think he needs a little more, he needs a little more seasoning. And you, it's always hard for someone to have one of those like out there personalities. Like not everyone gets to be Goldust right so it's not easy for for a character like the velveteen dream to get over with the crowd now he has but you need to make sure he's going to get over with a main a, a big crowd like a main sort of off the you know not not full sail like an outside of full sail crowd so ec3 is probably going to win this match um and i think he's you know probably the most out of everyone on this card i think he's probably the most ready for the main roster too I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with that because he, again, um, he's a guy that came up from roster in TNA. He had his taste with WWE with the original NXT formula. Um, and um, just to set at this, he, him coming out losing on this match doesn't help him. And um, it's not going to hurt the Velveteen Dream because, you know, there are going to be more matches for him to really build his character. Right now, um, this is about elevating EC3 to that main NXT uh, main event and eventually um, want to see him make it to the main roster okay I mean I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the other way I'm gonna take Velveteen Dream I'm a big fan of Velveteen Dream he's he what he did at NXT TakeOver New Orleans in that ladder match won't be forgotten e EC3 was in that match Ricochet was in that match yes Velveteen Dream has been losing matches to big guys he lost a match to Alistair Black he beat Cassius Ono he lost to Ricochet he may lose to EC3 we don't know how this match may turn out like I said I, I think they need to put a title on Velveteen Dream and Gavertz if you want Velveteen, Velveteen Dream to have a crowd behind him just put him up against Roman Reigns or put him up against Jinder Mahal actually Boom. that's Finished. that's a Done. really that's a really good point like Velveteen Dream versus Jinder Mahal as Jinder Mahal being like a guy who's intolerant of Velveteen Dream. That's actually that's actually like a really good story that kind of <laughs> writes itself, right? Like we already hate Jinder Mahal, so that's a good way. You're absolutely right to get the crowd behind Velveteen Dream. That's actually really good. Like I now I really want them to do that. Really want them to do that. <laughs> I mean, See, I, I can't. I, I should be a producer. I should be a producer. <laughs> I, I feel like this, like that, would be interesting because you, because Jinder Mahal, I feel like perfected yeah. his heel persona, and he's just. I mean, again, all respect for that guy because we all seen the shit career he had in the beginning. Um, excuse my French. Um, come on, it was part of three. I mean, him and um, both him and um, Drew McIntyre have their careers reborn, and I like the fact that they took chances with Jinder Mahal and continue to do it and like I said I think he is he's just one of those guys that you just want to see you just want to hate you want to boo him he's doing his job he's am doing I, a great job of it am too. I really the only Happy person <laughs> who is really excited that Heath Slater Drew McIntyre Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal are all on Raw right now and I really want a three man band to get back together yeah. like I really want I <laughs> Yes, I'd really I like, maybe they don't the need like one. a reunion, but like I need to see like a backstage thing where they sort of all bump into each other and like just look at each other awkwardly and then walk away. Like I, that's, <laughs> I really want that. Yeah, they, I, 
WWE is famous for those moments. I would love to see that. I'm I'm, I'm gonna jump on that train with you. I, I, that would I, just I would be lie. funny. I, I would definitely I would definitely like to see that. So moving forward, guys. Tag team titles on the line at NXT. Undisputed Eras. Bobby Fish. Not Bobby Fish. Kyle Riley and Roderick Strong against Mustache Mountain. I mean, it's undisputed. What do you guys era. think? Like all oh, all day all era. night. It's undisputed yeah. era. <laughs> Even even though they're 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 the weak um, version of the Bullet Club um, and the Elite, um, I'm gonna go with the Undisputed Era. <laughs> so you think they're a weak version of the Bullet? I, listen, I happen to like Bullet Club, but I also happen to like Undisputed Era. Actually, it's just I, to me to me it's just a mix of like NWO and DX just smashed together. <laughs> that's why that's the way I look at Undisputed Era. It's just DX and NWO smashed together. I can't help it. This faction has... They literally have all the gold. They won the Dusty Rhodes Classic. They had the tag titles. They have the North American title. The only title that they don't have is the NXT Championship, which I think that's coming soon. Yeah, they... Yeah, Undisputed Era is um, the team. I mean, again, Roderick Strong is one of those guys that has an impressive resume. And the fact that they put him on the Speed Era, they, the fact that, you know, you have Alan Cole... Um, behind with them and all that. I want to see, um, I do want to see them just run NXT's tag team division and come to the main roster. But like I said, I, when I see Undisputed Era, I'm sorry, I got it. I, I, it always pops up in my head, the Bullet Club, the Elite, that's it. <laughs> and, 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 and shout out to Roderick Strong for making the heel turn. I guarantee you if it was anybody else who would have made this heel turn, they would probably got booed out the building when it happened. But the fact that it was Roderick Strong and the crowd went crazy, Bravo. So well, I he's guess always, this is a unanimous. He's always been yeah. like the clean face in a way. I mean, he I've seen Roderick Strong as a heel, but this is probably his best work. But like he's always been that also good guy because he has that face. Um, yeah. I, I, honest, uh, Gervais, some of you would love to see this. I would have loved to see the Modem City Machine Guns too in TNA, I mean, in NXT if they ever, if they had ever gotten them. And that would have been a nice match too, but I mean that's me just going off the record, right? Yeah, yeah they would have been <laughs> great. I always, um, I was always kind of sad, you know. Only only Bobby Roode came over, and we didn't get all of Beer Money too. Only Bobby Roode came over, and we didn't get all of Beer Money too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Beer Money would have been awesome. Yeah, but so I'm guessing tag titles were all in the unanimous decision, undisputed era. Next match on the card. Adam Cole, United North American Champion versus Ricochet. This right here is a toss-up for me. I love both guys. I'm an undisputed ever guy, but I love Ricochet's in-ring work. Stop. Adam Cole. Ricochet Adam Cole. is so Come on. good. There is there is no stopping Ricochet. No, Ricochet is awesome. Ricochet is awesome. He he commands the ring when he does. <laughs> Adam Cole. <laughs> I was gonna go Adam Cole. Come. I, I'm in, like, in this one, I'm in the limbo. Like, it's just like, ah, uh, it's like, ah. Uh, we're like, going <laughs> to have Kenny Omega come from the crowd, help out Adam Cole, and then he's going to go disappear <laughs> back in New Japan. <laughs> Listen, anything is possible in NXT. You saw that last year when Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish made their debut last year at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Anything's possible. I'm a... You know, I have to agree with Ricochet. Adam Cole has, since he won the title, he has yet to put it on the line. I, 
I guess I see him losing, but I don't want to see him lose. So we got Sebastian with Adam Cole. We got Gavertz with Ricochet. I'm going to have to agree with Gavertz. I think Ricochet takes, takes it. It doesn't hurt Ricochet to lose. But it would hurt. I, I mean, I want to see Adam Cole. That's it. We're going to go with Adam Cole. But you see, if you, no, no, see, you guys, no, no, you guys picked Adam Cole. That's what I heard. I heard unanimously the Adam Cole. No. So <laughs> check this out. This is what I see. I see the North American Championship as the IC title from back in the day. So you win the North American Championship, you lose it. What's the next title you go for? The Heavyweight Championship, or in this case, the NXT Championship. So if Adam Cole does drop the North American Championship, then he's the front runner for the NXT title. Well, he couldn't drop it. If if he does drop it, he couldn't drop it to a better wrestler. And I would, um, again, Ricochet, um, his matches around the world have been awesome. But again, I'm going to go with Adam Cole. That's it. Kenny Omega's going right. to come from the crowd. You're going to see, um, <laughs> well, um, what's the face? They're gonna, the elite's going to come. They're going to have, um, you know, super kick party, super kick everyone on the NXT roster. <laughs> and, 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 and we'll get to see it live because we will be there live. Yes. Yes. So, so next match is the... Uh, women's title Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Zayn rematch of the finale of the Mae Young Classic which Kyrie Zayn won what are your guys thoughts on this match this is this is a a, a rematch that's almost a I year see, I see Kyrie Zayn winning it again I think Shayna Baszler is ready for is ready for the main roster uh, you know let, there she's another person who WWE sort of needs to be a person that can threaten Ronda Rousey and you know if they're not you know if they're not going to move Asuka over to Raw they need to bring Shayna Baszler to the main roster so they need to take the title off of her and you know Kyrie Sane is excellent and uh, is going to be a great champion be a great champion um I'm gonna go with them giving it to Shayna Baszler one more time and then I see them doing a rubber band match where you have Kyrie saying already she's won one, Baszler's won one, and then we're gonna get I feel a third match where then she's gonna drop the title to Kyrie, because um, it's only a matter of time that I feel that they're gonna put the title on Kyrie saying and try to prep her for the main roster. Um, but yeah, I mean I feel that it's gonna be Baszler right now. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kyrie Sane. I, I mean, her her in ring work is great. She has the most beautiful elbow drop I've seen <laughs> in a long time. I mean, the purple rainmaker is just up there, but like that elbow drop is just insane. Like it's it, it, it's insane. It'll make I'm Macho Man Kyrie. cry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm taking Kyrie on this one. Um, so we have two for Kyrie and one for Shayna. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, you know, we'll discuss predictions after this entire weekend. The main event match, which is, which has now been turned into a no man, what is it, last man standing match? And it's Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gorgano, the rubber match, match number three between these two. What do you think, Tate? Oh my God. These two, um, remember how we were all just talking about earlier about The Miz? And um, how the Miz and Daniel Bryan have been building a story. Yeah, this is that same aspect right here. 
I can't agree more. I, I cannot agree more. I don't know who to pick because I love them both. I remember when they were a tag team in NXT, and then Tommaso Ciampa just planted Gargano. Um, and I remember that, and I remember my jaw dropping. Now to see them again, because I got to see them live at NXT before, and I think, um, I forgot who they, who they, I think it was, um, um, what's their face? They took on, um, they're on the main roster now. AOP? Uh, yeah, they took, the Authors of Pain, and who else? It was another, the, the Revival? It was either Revival or also, it was in, um, NXT Brooklyn, and to see them again, but this time in a match against each other, it's gonna be fucking, it's gonna be phenomenal. I mean, it's a phenomenal AJ Styles. There you go. <laughs> no, it's, and I don't, I don't know who to pick with this one because I love them both. Um, I like the fact that we got this rubber band match, and I want to. I mean, I, I actually want to go. Um, I, I want to go as a, a uncontested in a way where they again we lead up into a, another great match with them. I mean, what type of matches is it that we're seeing with them again? Yeah, so they can um, absolutely do one of those matches where oh yeah, so able to get off matches where neither of them is able to get off yeah and i mean i wouldn't be upset with that finish i really wouldn't because it just shows you um that depth in their character that story and how these guys are so, matched in their skills and everything so i'm just torn. not only that not only that i mean i would yeah, definitely so I was, see gorgano with the title it, finally I would be okay with that finish if it wasn't going to be the main event of the show right like i, I don't I don't think it's okay to have an NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, which is their their big event, right? NXT TakeOver Brooklyn is the big thing that NXT does. The, the first NXT take, uh, TakeOver in Brooklyn four years ago, that was like their biggest show ever. So you can't – I don't think it would be okay. Like I, I, I don't think I would I be okay with them having a no decision match as the main event. Oh no, they're not gonna do that. They're definitely not gonna do that. You're right. It's their biggest, like NXT Brooklyn. I don't know. It's I, like their WrestleMania. It's, <laughs> dude. The it's crowd. Like their WrestleMania. The crowd is crazy in Brooklyn. I love. I love. I remember when Shinsuke Nakamura came out and Bobby Roode debuted. That was the last time I went to NXT Brooklyn and how the crowd. And they're not gonna end it in a no contest. I'm just saying that that would be for me. Because I, I can't pick a winner. I really can't pick a clear winner on this one. <laughs> so probably, I think, so probably what they want to do when they have these big main events is they want to tell the underdog story. And we've been behind Johnny Gargano yeah. for so long. And we all hate, we all hate Tommaso Ciampa so much. That I, I think it's finally time to let Gargano <laughs> win one and win the championship. Let Gargano win one and win the championship. Dude, it's reminiscent to when um when him and Gargano broke up and Gargano no when when Tommaso Ciampa turned on Gargano, um it was reminiscent to when Shawn Michaels turned on Marty Jannetty. Everyone was hurt, like you didn't expect that, like. And, and when Tommaso Ciampa turned on him, you were like, wow, that's that's when all... Because, again, they were the awesome face tag team that everyone loved. And then all of a sudden, Gargano... I mean, um, Tommaso Ciampa turns on Gargano. And it's like... I agree. I mean, it's it's that love-hate. It's 
it's a it's a it's a heel. It's a real heel and face match, but just with a lot of history behind them. And again, that's great storytelling right there. It, it definitely is. And and like I said, I'm I'm going for Johnny Gorgano. Not take nothing away from Tommaso Champa. Uh, Champa that you know he's a he's a really great heel down at NXT. I mean the guy comes out with no theme music. He waves at the he antagonizes the crowd. He 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 uses what the crowd gives to him as his like fuel to keep on going. Um, but like I said, I'm going with I, I'm going with Johnny Gargano and, and I'm going to NXT Brooklyn with my book bag and I'm probably gonna change my shirt every time. You know, I, I one minute be, I might have an undisputed shirt. You're gonna be that Next guy. I have an Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that guy. So, moving forward, SummerSlam, the second biggest show that WWE has in the same year. It's kind of like a soft reset. That's how I see it as a soft reset um, for what's been going on lately. So, we have a two-hour pre-show, as usual, and we have two matches on the pre-show. The first match that we have on there is Andre Cien Almas and Zelina Vega versus Rusev and Lana. Uh, this has been a very good rivalry um, between these two couples, if you want to say. Um, I love how this rivalry is going. And the fact that Aiden English keeps getting involved some way, somehow, and they keep losing, it's going to end up in a rivalry between Rusev and Aiden English, which I'm okay with. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this rivalry that I'm we never have a fan two, of WWE intergender matches. Um, but it'll be dope to see Rusev and Cien Almas in in the ring together. Like that's they're they're both great. It's going to be good, and I'm I'm super excited for that. And and and, and not to mention Zelina Vega <laughs> yeah. has more ring time than Lana. As you remember, she was in TNA. She was in TNA yeah. for a while. She was part of that knockout division. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just want um, I I want to pick Rusev to win only because um, God, it's Rusev Day, Rusev Day. <laughs> um, and honestly, <laughs> and honestly, um, I just want to see Rusev and Aiden English at least hold the tag team titles once as a team because I love their chemistry. Um, I don't see um, Sienna Mattis really um, getting hurt with a loss to Rusev mm-hmm. because Rusev again he is a powerhouse. But um, I do see a bright future for Sienna Matas um, in a bigger picture. Um, but I, again, I just like, you know, give the fans something to get them pumped. I feel like it's going to be that match where, you know, no real storyline major anything. It's just we're going to give it to Rusev, let him win it, let him run with it. Um, and like I said, I don't want to see any turn with Agent Adrian, Aiden English because that guy already had it bad with, the, with what happened with his old tag team partner. I would like to see them get the tag team titles at least once or move all three of them to Raw and help the Raw tag team division build the yeah, Raw tag team see, division around Aiden English and um, Rusev. The issue with breaking up Rusev and Aiden English is what are you going to do with Aiden English? Right? Like he has zero character outside of being Rusev's yeah. hype man. He has zero character outside of being Rusev's hype man. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. And they and and think about it like um, mm-hmm. both of mm-hmm. their both wrestlers were floundering around for a while, 
paired them up, and now it's kind of like with the New Day. Um, all three of those guys were flying around for a while. They got together. They were started as a heel tag team, and then eventually it's just like, look at the chemistry that they have. Yeah. Let them flourish. Just throw them in there. If the fans are already behind them. Don't break it up. What's, don't break up something that's good. Well, that's Vince McMahon's thing. He loves breaking up something that's good. <laughs> so, uh, moving forward. Cruiserweight Championship, also on the kickoff show. Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak. You guys know I'm not a big fan of the Cruiserweights. Um, but I do know that, you know, 205 has been rebooted by Triple H. It's become a better show. It's actually its own show now. It's no longer being mixed with uh, Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I mean, I see Cedric, uh, Cedric Alexander still retaining the title. Drew Gulak, even though he has a new character transformation. I don't see him winning the title just yet, being that Cedric only had it for what maybe what is it, uh, four months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I it's a toss up to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cedric because it took them too long to put the title on him with all the and I understand there was a lot of issues going on with getting the title to him, especially um you know, we all know what happened with the issues earlier. Um, and shout out to Enzo Amore because, you know, he gave my boys Fat Guy Inc. a shout out and, and called my other buddy skinny, skinny as shit. Um, you know, <laughs> it just sucks what happened to him. But um, I feel like uh, Cedric Alexander brings a lot of flavor in the ring as a cruiserweight since he blew up on the cruiserweight scene on 205 Live and since the tournament. Um, and I think he's someone they could really build the vision around. And, and once they start bringing other guys that can actually, you know, keep up with them like that. Um, and it's nothing against Drew Gulak, because, again, he's another great guy. I just yeah, I never understood Drew Gulak in the cruiserweight division. The whole point of the cruiserweight division is, you know, small guys that fly around, and, and he's not one of those guys. Uh, I, you know, Cedric Alexander is a really good wrestler. I hope they keep the championship on him and, and, you know, like Sebastian said, until they find someone who can actually go at his level. Okay. All right. So, uh, now we're going to go to the main card, SummerSlam. Uh, we have Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, the rubber match. I, I mean, whatever, right? Like, who cares? I, I mean, whatever, right? Like, who cares? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, ever since Baron Corbin became Constable Corbin, interesting his and, has and actually funnier, been sure, as of but late. he still wrestles in, you know, his button-down shirt and a vest, and I don't understand why. And I, why, the, the rivalry makes no sense. It's just <laughs> Baron Corbin didn't like Finn Balor, so they're fighting now. I guess. I, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't do this doesn't do anything for either character. Finn Balor's going to win because he's the better wrestler and he's the bigger star. And and Baron Corbin's not going anywhere. He's gonna be like the GM of Raw whenever they finally get rid of Kurt Angle. He's gonna be like the GM of Raw whenever they finally get rid of Kurt Angle. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't really care too much for this match. I love both wrestlers. Yeah. I feel like both have gotten lost on the roster. I mean, Finn Balor, he he was the first Universal Champion, but injury, you know. Um, and I know that in, from, from history, WWE fears pushing guys that are injury-prone. Um, and I hopefully, like, you know, Finn Balor does make his way back up the card because he's great. First leader, Prince, as Prince DeVette, first leader of the Bullet Club. Let's go. Um, I mean, I see him winning the match, hands down. Um, 
I hate what they like. You know, they. I know they're trying to revitalize Baron Corbin's character, um, and I feel like he's one of those guys that they dropped the ball with for a while too, because he was just an interesting character, the lone wolf and all that. Now Constable Corbin, um, and I, it just his, it's yeah, it's his just a match. I'm just I see just really giving it to Balor. Feels a it's lot a like a Bad News Barrett, <laughs> right? Like. A guy who WWE is like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you're yeah. going to be Constable Corman. And then he actually did something with it, and he's starting to get a real reaction. And now WWE is like, oh, we should do something with this, and they're going to completely screw it up. Yeah, yeah they are, because, you know, I, I feel like this way. I feel Baron Corbin, there's going to be two things with him. One is they're gonna, he's going to be pushed into some way. Um, in WWE or two he's going to leave WWE maybe go to New Japan blow up in New Japan and then they're going to be like oh we need you back come over here because I feel <laughs> like they, they've dropped the ball with him quite a few times or of just course. bring him back to Definitely. Smackdown he had some great feuds on Smackdown yeah alright so going forward it's Gervert's favorite team the B team <laughs> versus this is this is a really like this is a hard thing for me to like i want i want this is this is really like i want the revival to win because they're the best i think they're the best tag team on raw right now just you know technically sound and just really good at being a tag team there's no reason why they should lose they you know they they lost via triple threat weirdness on monday night but they're a really good team, and I want—I think I want the revival to win. I think the what I'm scared of is once you take the titles off the B team, that's sort of it for them, right? Like, what are they gonna do? Um, but I think the revival's going to win this, and it'll kick off like a sort of tag team renaissance in in the Raw tag team division, where. You know, we have. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if we want to bring it up yet. We have Dean Ambrose back. We have Ambrose and, and Rollins possibly being a tag team. We have you know all the authors of Pain. We have we have some really good tag teams. One day Fandango is going to come back from from injury, and we're going to have Brizongo back. Like, we have some really good tag teams yeah. on Raw, and once I I think the revival as a main heel tag team I think is is going to be huge for that division and they'll just sort of you know hold off all the other popular face teams I mean I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the revival too I mean I mean I fear yeah I feel I, yeah the B team I, like Converters right they're time. they're not um, because of the fact they feel like this the, the role division tag team has been so weak that that's why and and not to put nothing against the B team because it's it's awesome that they finally these two guys finally got burned mm. um, because you know they've had some gimmicks before and WWE's always dropped the gimmick with these two um, individually and as a team but um um yeah they're gonna get lost in the shuffle once they take the titles off of them and unfortunately it has to be to the revival because um. I mean, when the when the revival debuted, it sucked that they got um, that they were injured in the beginning, and this is their time right now to shine. Because if they don't do it now, I don't think it's ever gonna happen. And 
And if they lose, they have a I, lot more I to agree. lose if they lose to the B team than the B team to them. Yeah, hello? Are you taking a phone call? He took a phone call. He took a damn phone call in the middle of our podcast. Okay, we're, 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 he's ordering Domino's. <laughs> See, guys, this, this is what happens in the middle of a podcast. He orders Domino's. He ordered from Rikishi's Pizza. <laughs> so, another tag team championship title that's on the line is SmackDown. Bludgeon Brothers versus The New Day. I, I, I'm in a toss-up on this one, too. I don't know. as We've seen it already. Um, I do have to give a shout-out to The Bar for um having this great match on Tuesday night with The New Day. That match was just freaking awesome. Um... But I, do I want to see the New Day with the tag team titles again? Part of me does, and a part of me doesn't. Because I, like, it, like Gavert's favorite line, uh, we've seen it already. <laughs> it's been done. Yeah, if, if, if there, it's been so long now since the Bludgeon Brothers have had the tag titles that, like, I don't know. I, I don't really know what WWE wants to do with them, but they're at the top of this division, and there's so many good teams in this division that I think the New Day can take this loss, and I hope they can stay together. But they also need to be going off for for individual championships, right? Like Biggie needs to be challenging AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. And Kofi needs to be going after, you know, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura for the U.S. title. Like, that needs that needs to be happening. And I hope they can stay together and be the New Day forever and, you know, go off on their individual title runs and then come back and get the tag titles later. But right now, I don't think it's the time for them to be the tag champions. There's There's too many other good teams in that tag division. Not only that, I mean, I, it should have been Sanity in the mm -hmm. finals with the Bludgeon Brothers because they're a little bit more crazier, they're a little bit more sadistic when it comes um, to their gimmick. Um, but then again, like I said, maybe WWE is not ready for Sanity. You know, it's kind of like AOP. They're holding back AOP. They're probably holding back Sanity. Maybe they're waiting for Nikki Cross to come up. Who knows what's going on with Sanity? Well... Here's the thing. You have the New Day win, because I'm going to pick the New Day. You have them, because think about it. Like, you're not going to have a heel team against a heel team. Sanity is going to be a heel team, and they're a heel stable. So you have Sanity take on the New Day, and I feel like the New Day is with that wrestling group that could act. They, the New Day, you could put them with any tag team. You could put them with any wrestler, and they're going to give you a match. That's what those guys do. Coffee Kingston is Mr. Like, he picked up the, the he, him and Johnny um, Mundo, Johnny Nitro, whatever he calls himself now. They were both the guys that you went to to give a spot for the Royal Rumble. Johnny um, Coffee Kingston still does it, gives you awesome spots all the time. Um, when it comes to singles matches, these guys deliver. And I feel that the Bludgeon Brothers, because they've already established themselves as a Monsters tag team, won't be hurt with a loss. They're going to come back with a win. But um, if you're going to have a, a heel tag team like Sanity actually take the titles, um, it wouldn't hurt the New Day to actually get it and drop it to Sanity, actually. Um, 
And also, too, I would love this. This is just me, the fan speaking. I would love the New Day to win. And then all of a sudden, we have uh, a repeat of the Bullet Club's Elite taking on the New Day for a special, uh, you know, exhibition match. (laughs) They already did it. They already did it with the Evo, with the the Street Fighter tournament. Come on, those... those, Could you picture... I'm going to post this out. Could you picture the New Days as the new WWE Tag Team's champions taking on the Elite... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I I mean we've seen it already, but I, I can see it happening. Um, but let, let's let's continue forward. Um, we got the Money in the Bank briefcase <laughs> match: <laughs> Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens. If Braun Strowman loses in any form, disqualification, countout, pinfall, submission, he loses the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, I love how Kevin Owens went to Stephanie McMahon and complained about this and had the stipulation added to the match. It just shows how much his character has come along since he's been moved from SmackDown. And, you know, maybe he's not thinking straight ever since he was thrown off the top of the cage <laughs> like Mankind <laughs> 20 years ago. But this is one of these matches I'm actually looking forward to just to see how it's going to turn out. I- I'm going with Braun Strowman because you can't, you can't tease us of him having money in the bank and then just give it to Kevin Owens. That's just wrong, and that just shows you have no faith in Braun Strowman. But, yeah, this match I'm just looking forward to because it's, it's, it's going to be one of those funny matches where you're just going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think um, Braun Strowman comes away with the win here. I, I They had him lose that cage match, you know, by throwing Kevin Owens out of the cage. Um but he's not going to lose a straight-up singles match to Kevin Owens, even though Kevin Owens is great. I don't know how Kevin Owens would even do his finisher to Braun Strowman. Like, I don't think he can get him that high up off the ground to do the pop-up powerbomb. So I don't, you know, like there's literally no way for him to win this match. He's yeah, got to be creative. I, I hope they don't do one of those weird, like, he, you know, handcuffs him to the announce table or something. I you know that would be dumb, uh, <laughs> but be dumb. I mean yeah, they've like, done it before. Um, I I want I want Braun Strowman to win this match and then just make the Universal Championship match a triple threat match. I think that's I think that's <laughs> what we need to do. I think everybody wants that Universal match to be a triple threat match. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, hey, I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman. I mean. I want Braun Strowman to way catapult himself. He he needs the world title. It's already he needs the universal title, and this is one way for him to catapult himself to force himself into that scene and to write it in as the um, factor um, because he's just one of those guys right now. I think that's getting hurt by a part-time champion. And again, nothing against Brock Lesnar. Braun Strowman um, should have had the strap a long time ago because he just has that momentum. And he just has that popularity. Like, he's the type of guy right now that's kind of filled in the void for the big show. And I don't know. There's something about Braun Strowman that when he takes the ring, it's just, you just, whether he's heel face, it's just something you just like about the guy. Especially, like, when you see him, like, outside of WWE is goofing around. I don't think it would hurt Kevin Owens to lose to him because, I mean, KO is always going to pop right back up. Because that's just Kevin Owens. He's that great of a wrestler that he could bounce back from a loss um but Braun Strowman um he needs that win I don't 
I think like if he takes a loss, it's gonna hurt him like um it did like to Ryback many years ago when he took that L to Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah, that that really hurt him. So here we go, United States Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy. I mean, we've seen this match already. Randy Orton is always looming around. It could be it could be put into a triple threat match. The only thing I'm looking forward to is to hearing Shinsuke Nakamura's theme music <laughs> as he comes down to the ring. I, <laughs> and for him walking out with the title, I, I think it's way too soon. To yeah, the and also, him. I mean, Jeff Hardy's... I, lo- I love Jeff Hardy. I've loved him for a long time, but he's he's got nothing left. Um, this, this match needs to go to Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, Shinsuke, Shinsuke would hurt from a loss. Um, I'm going to go with Shinsuke Nakamura. Him and Jeff Hardy are going to... Um, not um, basically they're gonna take that they're gonna knock the house down but um, yeah I can't see Jeff because at this point in Jeff Hardy's career it doesn't do anything for him to um, win the match for Shinsuke Nakamura it hurts his career right now in the spotlight if he loses um, so I want I'm gonna go with Shinsuke Nakamura because he's just it you just, I just love seeing, whether he's a hate face or heel, I just love seeing Shinsuke out there. That's it. Okay. So, IC title, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins. Dolph Ziggler will have Drew McIntyre in his corner, and we got the return of the lunatic, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins' corner. Who do you guys take? Rollins. I mean, no, um, Ziggler. Don't take the title away from Ziggler. Please don't take it away. Yeah, uh, Dolph Ziggler with the Intercontinental title has been really good. Uh, this What he has going on with Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre is really good. Um, this whole setup is great. I, there's no reason to take the title off of him right now. Uh, it's and, and if you're going, you know, we have, if you're going to give us the return of Dean Ambrose and we have Seth Rollins, like we have the Shield right here. They need to be right back in the tag team division going crazy and there's no reason you know there's no mm-hmm. they Seth Rollins doesn't need the Intercontinental Championship what he needs is to put on another five-star match and you know the uh, Dolph Ziggler is the person to give that so it's going to be a great match probably the best match on the card and it's got it's got to be Dolph Ziggler right now okay so everybody says Dolph Ziggler next match the match that Hertz Gavritz has been looking forward to Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. As we stated before, this has been an eight-year rivalry. Go at it, guys. <laughs> oh, God. that's Where do you go with this one? I'm You know what? Go ahead, first. I'll well, I'm going to say, yeah. I just want to say it almost doesn't even matter who wins, right? Like, I think it's going to be Daniel Bryan because they're telling his redemption story, and that's and it's great. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter because the story has been so good up until now that like I think Daniel Bryan wins and and wins clean but I I do think we're going to see this match again at WrestleMania for a championship whether it's you know you know the US title the Intercontinental title the, the WWE title the Universal one of those like I don't know what they're going to do there's going to but Somehow, despite winning, despite losing, The Miz is going to come out on top looking better and, and getting more opportunities just to, to make them have to tell this story more. 
Oh yeah. I mean, you all know who wins. You know who really wins? Yeah. The fans. The fans. <laughs> the fans. All right. All right. So SmackDown Women's Championship: Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. I mean, Becky Lynch is here to take the pin, right? It's it's Carmella pinning Becky Lynch, and that'll kick off the Charlotte versus Becky Lynch feud while, you know, maybe Asuka comes back to take the title from Carmella, right? Like, there's no... Carmella... Yeah. I mean, the only thing... The only issue I see with this is that you build up Becky Lynch with this winning streak, and then you add Charlotte to right, the mix. Like I said, if you want to throw another curveball, add why, Asuka to the match. I think what they're doing here is they're sort of retelling or maybe starting to retell Bailey's story from NXT, except using Becky Lynch in Bailey's spot. So, you know, they kept giving Bailey, you know, a, a chance at a top spot and she would squander it. And she wasn't able to beat Sasha Banks and she wasn't able to beat Becky Lynch. She wasn't able to beat Charlotte. And then finally, finally, she did. And I think that's what they're going to do with Becky Lynch. So they, they need to have her lose some more and, and really build her back up. I don't think that, I don't think they, this random winning streak they gave her, I don't think that was the story that they wanted to tell for her. But also they couldn't have yeah. Carmella pin so Charlotte Flair clean, clean a third time. Yeah, no. <laughs> So I'm. I guess everybody's going with Charlotte. Am I, no, I have, I have Carmella I winning this. I think Carmella pins Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I think wow. what, what's going to happen is like Charlotte's going to hit uh, natural selection, and then Becky's going to throw Charlotte out of the ring, and then Becky will get like rolled up or something, and then. <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's or like they're both going to knock each other out, and then Carmella. Like I feel like Carmella is the Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. of the women's division. Black cheat and steal, but um, as far as it goes, I see yeah, um, Becky Lynch is there to take the the the, the loss, or watch this, Charlotte Flair takes the loss and Becky Lynch gets pissed mm. off at her. Oh, could be. All right, so next women's championship match, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. Shout out to Alexa Bliss who's been key on the microphone when it comes to this rivalry. She's been doing the little things that's been keeping me interested in this rivalry. But I'm guessing we're all going with the same person. We're all going with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I think Rousey's going to win this one um, because they're going to give her the title. I don't think Alexa Bliss is going to be the one to um, pen Rousey or the one to actually give Rousey that loss. And this is nothing against Alexa Bliss because she is awesome. Uh, Bliss, you're awesome, awesome. But it's, um, yeah, it doesn't do anything for Alexa Bliss to lose. She's not going to be hurt by it because Alexa Bliss has already established herself as one of those top um, female wrestlers that she can um, help elevate a wrestler or she can help elevate your division as the champion. Um, So you're not going to see the end of Bliss if she loses. You're going to still see her in many different capacities. But um, I feel that it's they're going to give it to Rousey. And if they do give it to Bliss, we're probably going to see a series of Bliss versus Rousey. Um, but um, I feel like this is the time that they're going to push it for Rousey. I mean, it's Ronda Rousey. There's no, there's no beating her right now. Uh, 
it stinks for Alexa Bliss that she's stuck on this division with Ronda Rousey as they're as they're building her up on the upswing. I don't know what she's gonna do. There's no if the match ends clean, it ends with a Ronda Rousey pin. I I don't or or an Alexa Bliss submission. I don't see any way that Alexa Bliss beats Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Actually, right. I, I I just want to add to that. The only way I could see Alexa Bliss winning um, or coming out of it is if um, Ronda Rousey wins by disqualification. Because you also have that factor of Mickey James, and also too. Again, um, Bliss has proven to be one of those, like I said, she's built the division. She's proven to be one of those female wrestlers, too, as a heel that would do anything to keep her title. So I could see coming out SummerSlam, um, one way for Alexa Bliss to retain and Ronda Rousey to also get that W is um, Ronda Rousey winning by disqualification. Or a countout. That, too. But I, I feel like they'll go with disqualification because they'll tell more of a story. And then we'll end up having a lock Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey too. This time, no disqualification. All right. So, probably the most boring match of the night: the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, number fifty-five. Um, unless they add Braun Strowman as a triple threat, <laughs> I really don't care who wins. I have no, I have no interest in this match. I have nothing invested in it. We've seen the match for the 50... We're watch, going to watch the match for the 55th time. Um, I don't know if you guys... So, the only reason... <laughs> the only reason that I really, really, really want Roman Reigns to win is because if he wins, then Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are not going to be in line for the Universal Championship, and there's a chance we get them as a tag team. Like, that's it. If Brock Lesnar wins, then probably either Dean or Seth is going to go after him next. So, or Braun. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm really, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that Dean and Seth get to be a tag team again. That's really what I'm hoping for. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too big on that. And again, this is nothing against Brock Lesnar. You've seen the show. There's, to me, it's like this. Um, Brock Lesnar again he's one of those wrestlers who is an attraction match this guy is a physical specimen let's be honest like that Um, even when he was in the UFC even in his early WWE career the guy is just he's just a physical specimen of a wrestler um, and just as a person you know Um, I they just need to give it to Roman Reigns because they just need to give the title off get the title off of Brock um, keep Brock with that part-time schedule and have him come in attraction match with like maybe another big-time superstar on the roster or something like that every once in a while um, or just give him his due I mean um, I feel like as much as that you know everybody loves suplex city and everything it's just it's it's time to give other guys that burn um, keeping him with that strap I don't f- I feel it hurts more of the product than it does to um, bring it because you don't have other guys you're building around that universal title that can actually build that world title scene because let's be honest no one's no one's seen like a major threat against Brock Lesnar no one the only ones who have come close have been um, Roman Reigns who's uh, been barely a threat and um, Braun Strowman that's about it Mm. all right and the last match of the night, and we're almost done with the podcast. Whew. 
this is, this is a long one. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Joe. Two of oh, TNA's top stars. stars. Finally <laughs> going head to head in WWE. What do you guys think? Man, um, I want them to pull the trigger and give Samoa Joe the title and we have a series of matches of Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Um, I know they're not going to take it off of AJ because right now he is the face that runs the place. He, he's literally the face of SmackDown right now. He has that He has that torch right now. So it's really tough. I mean, I would like to see, again, Samoa Joe at least hold that title one time in his career in WWE if it's only going to be one time, I think this is now. It doesn't hurt AJ Styles because, again, he's been champion multiple times. He's won the belt. He's lost the belt. He's come back. And we've seen it with many wrestlers that he's gone against that he's given you world-class feuds. And we already know that him and Samoa Joe have a huge history of having long feuds that just the fans just want to see more. They want to see more what these guys can do. And I want I, I go give it to Samoa Joe. Pull the trigger. So Give it to Samoa Joe. I, I didn't think about it in, in terms of this could be Samoa Joe's only chance. Uh, if if that's true, then yeah, of course, he should win. Uh, I just... WWE loves their, their, their consecutive days streaks, and they want to make sure that their guys are the ones with those streaks. So right now... Technically speaking, uh, Brock Lesnar a couple of months ago passed CM Punk's consecutive days as as champion, and if they're going if they're about to lose Brock Lesnar to UFC, they sort of have to keep the title on AJ Styles until he passes Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that whole thing, and I feel like um. I feel like the reason they did that with Brock, and again, is because I think they mm. wanted to stick that to CM Punk because he was very vocal against Brock Lesnar. And what way to stick it to a guy than, um, you know, have someone surpass your streak on a part-time schedule who you were very vocal about. Um, I don't think that that's the same case with AJ because he's been um, already a multiple-time champion in WWE. I just feel like I don't see them giving Samoa Joe another chance if he doesn't win that title. I just, again, I'm just afraid of what's going to be after for Samoa Joe. Yeah. If, no, you, um, you, you're, you're probably That's right, it. and this yeah. is probably Samoa Joe's best shot at being a champion in WWE, and and he absolutely deserves it. He's been competing like hell, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the top guys. And what better way to, um, you know, get your first title victory, but from someone who you've come up with on the, um, you know, through the scene, you've done it in TNA together, you've done it around the world. Um, what better way than to have your first title win from some from from AJ Styles, who you've had great matches with in various different promotions. This is true. And 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 I, I wouldn't be upset if. Joe wins if AJ wins. I wouldn't be upset. I do want to see Joe, but I guess this could finally conclude the podcast. Whoever's still listening, who made it through this far, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was a great show. 
We always put yeah, great we, shows. It was kind of long today. today. It was kind of long today, but it felt good to have it long because we didn't have the uh, the botcher rushing us through the podcast, as he normally also, does. Also, yeah. too, we had we had a delivery in the show. Yeah, we had a delivery in the show. So, <laughs> shout out to that person for the delivery. <laughs> um, so usually this is where I usually end the show, but since or usually, Gavertz ends the show, but since we have a special guest tonight. I think we should let him take us out. So, guys, I'm B. Rye. Sebastian, take us away. You guys have been listening to the announcers table with Bree Rye, Hertz Converts, a member of the uh, MBR family, aka also a member of the uh, Artist Club. Keep a watch out. Thank you guys for listening and keep it tight. Ooh, keep it tight. What are we keeping tight? <laughs> I don't know, you're delivering. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Until next time, Wrestle Geeks.